Thank you, everyone. This is Mr. McMillan. Appreciate the fact that you joined us today. We give God all the praise and honor and glory this morning. He was there when we woke up, and he's with us now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your love and your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your gracious mercy. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for looking out for us. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory today, Father. We ask, Lord, that you go before us today in this word. Guide us and teach us. Help us to understand all that we need to know. And to take this word and utilize it in our lives today, Father, and each and every day. Lord, let us be a help to someone else that's in need, Father, as well. This and all things we ask in Jesus' name, Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised today and all days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Okay, we are going to start now in Numbers chapter 5. And uh, this is the purity of the camp. The Lord said to Moses, command the Israelites to send away the camp. Anyone who has an infectious skin disease or discharge of any kind or who is ceremonially unclean because of the dead body, send any male or female alike. Send them outside the camp so they will be defiled. So they will not defile the camp where I dwell among them. The Israelites did this. They sent them outside the camp. They did just as the Lord had instructed Moses. Now, you know, if you're outside the camp, uh, you're pretty worried because you're not, you know, you're not covered. Anybody could come down out of the hills or somewhere and you'd be the first one gone. So, you know. That was pretty dangerous, but that's what had to be done because the Lord would not have you sitting in the camp uh, oozing. Okay, remember the Lord is pure, and that's filth. Okay, let's move on. Verse 5, the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, when a man or a woman wrongs another in any way or and so is unfaithful to the Lord that person is guilty and must confess the sins he has committed he must he must make full restitution for his wrong add one fifth to it and give it all to the person he has wronged Mm, that's stiff isn't it imagine if we did that today A lot of people would think twice about what they're doing. But if that person has no close relatives to whom restitution can 
be made for the wrong, the restitution belongs to the Lord and must be given to the priest, along with the ram with which atonement is made for him. All the sacred contributions the Israelites bring to the priest will belong to him. Each man's sacred gifts are his own, but what he gives to the priest will belong to the priest. Okay. Chapter 11, uh, verse 11, sorry. Then the Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him by sleeping with another man, and this is hidden from her husband and her impurity is undetected since there is no witness against her and she has not been caught in the act. And if feelings of witness if feelings of jealousy come over her husband and he suspects his wife and she is impure, or if he is jealous and suspects her even though she is not impure, then he is to take his wife to the priest. He must also take an offering of a tenth of the ephah of barley flour on her behalf. He must not pour oil on it or put incense on it because it is the grain offering for jealousy, a reminder offering to draw attention to guilt. The priest shall bring her and have her stand before the Lord. Then he shall take some holy water in a clay jar and put some dust from the tabernacle floor into the water. After the priest has had the woman stand before the Lord, he shall loosen her hair and place in her hands the remainder offering, the grain offering for jealousy, which he himself holds the bitter water that brings a curse. Then the then the priest shall put the woman under oath and say to her, If no man has slept with you and you have not gone astray and become pure while married to your husband, may this bitter water that brings a curse not harm you. But if you have gone astray while married to your husband and you have defiled yourself by sleeping with a man other than your husband. Here the priest is to put the woman under this curse of oath. May the Lord curse your people to curse and denounce you when he causes your thigh to waste away and your abdomen to swell. May this water that brings a curse into your body so that your abdomen swells and your thighs waste away. Then the woman is to say, Amen, so be it. The priest is to write these curses on a scroll and then wash them off into bitter water. He shall have the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse, and this water will enter her and cause bitter suffering. The priest is to take is to take from her hands the grain offering for jealousy, 
wave it before the Lord and bring it to the altar. The priest is then to take a handful of grain offering as a memorial offering and burn it on the altar. After that, he is to have the woman drink the water. If she has defiled herself and been unfaithful to her husband, then when she is made to drink the water that brings a curse, it will go into her and cause bitter swelling. Her abdomen will swell and her thigh waste away, and she will become accursed among her people. If, however, the woman has not defiled herself and is free from impurity, she will be clean of guilt and will be able to have children. Then, uh, this then is the law of jealousy when a woman goes astray and defiles herself while married to her husband, or when, or when feeling of jealousy uh, come over a man because he suspects his wife. The priest is to have her standards before the Lord and is to apply this entire law to her. The husband will be innocent of any wrongdoing, but the woman will bear the consequences of her sin. Now, we're going to stop here for a second because I know a lot of you women out there are saying, but what about the men? What about when they do such and such and such? <laughs> they don't mention that, do they? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> it could be uh, that they did, they just don't mention it. Or it could be that um, the women were a man's property and... Um, <laughs> the man could have more than one wife, perhaps. Um, it does not say, so we don't know. Okay, let's move on. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, if a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, a vow of separation to the Lord as a Nazarite, he must abstain from wine and other fermented drinks and must not drink vinegar made from wine or from other fermented drink. He must not drink anything that comes from grapevine, not even the seed or the skin. During the entire period of his vow of separation, no razor may be used on, uh, on his head. He must be holy until the period of his separation to the Lord is over. Uh, he must let his hair of his head grow long throughout the period of his separation to the Lord. And he must not go near a dead body. Even if his own father or mother or brother or sister dies, he must not make himself ceremonially unclean on the account of them because the symbol of his separation to God is on his head. Throughout the period of his separation, he is consecrated to the Lord. If uh, someone dies suddenly in his presence, thus defiling the hair he has dedicated, he must shave his head 
on that day of his cleaning, the seventh day, and then the entrance, uh, and then on the eighth day, he must meet, uh, bring two doves or two young pigeons to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meetings. And the priest is to offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering to make atonement for him because he sinned by being in the presence of a dead body. Even though it wasn't his fault, he still has sinned, okay? That same day, uh, he is to consecrate, he is to consecrate his head. He must dedicate himself to the Lord for a period of his separation and must bring a two-year-old male lamb as a guilt offering. The the previous day do not count because he became defiled during his separation. Now, this is the law of the Nazarite. Uh, When the period of his separation is over, he is to he is to be brought to the entrance of the tent of meetings. There he is to present his offering to the Lord, a year old male lamb without defect, without defect for a burnt offering, a year old ewe lamb without, def, without defect for a sin offering, a ram without defect for a fellowship offering, and together with their grain offering and drink offering and a basket of bread made without yeast, cakes uh, made of fine flour mixed with oil and water spread with oil. The priest is to bring them before the Lord and make the sin offering and the burnt offering. He is to present the basket of unleavened bread and is to sacrifice the ram as a fellowship offering to the Lord, together with its grain offering and drink offering. Then at the entrance to the tent of meetings, the Nazarites must shave off the hair that is dedicated. Uh, he is to take the hair and put it in the fire that is under the sacrifice of the fellowship offering. After the Nazarite has shaved off his hair of his dedication, the priest is to place in his hands a bald shoulder of ram and a cake and a heave uh, and a wafer from the basket, both made without yeast. The priest shall then wave them before the Lord as a wave offering, and they are holy and belong to the priest. Together with the bread that was waved and the thigh that was present. After that, the Nazarites may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite who vows his offering to the Lord in accordance with his separation, in addition to whatever else he has he can afford. He must fulfill the vow he has made according to the law of the Nazarite. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and 
be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. And for those of you who've ever been into the synagogues, uh, this is one of the prayers that is said. In fact, it's sung. May the Lord, uh, may the Lord bless and keep you. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move on to chapter seven. When Moses finished setting up the tabernacles, he anointed it and consecrated it and all its furnishings. He also anointed and consecrated the altar and all its utensils. Then the leaders of Israel, the heads of the family, who were the tribal leaders in charge of those who were counted, made offerings. And they brought of their gifts before the Lord six covered carts and twelve oxen. Six covered carts, okay, and 12 oxen, and oxen for each leader, and a cart for every two. These they presented before the tabernacle. That's a lot. For each leader, okay, the Lord said to Moses, accept these from them that they may be used in the work of the tent of means. Give them to the Levites as each man works required. So Moses took the cart and oxen and gave them to the Levites. He gave two carts and four oxen to the to the Gershonites as their work required, and he gave four carts and eight oxen to the Murites and their work required. And they were all under the direction of, Ith of Ithmar, son of Aaron, the priest. But Moses did not give any to the Koranites because they were to carry on their shoulders the holy things for which they were responsible. See, they carried it on their shoulders. The other guys had carts. Yeah. Now, all these are the Levites, but the ones that were mainly over the uh, things that were holy, that pertained to God, they had to carry that stuff on their shoulders. See, they needed men. And I emphasize men, strong-willed men. In and out. Okay. When the altar was anointed, the leaders brought their offerings for its dedication and presented them before the altar. For the Lord had said to Moses, each day one leader is to bring his offering from the dedication of the altar. The one who brought his offering on the first day was Nashon, son of Amidab and the tribe of Judah. His offering was one silver plate. Now, um, guys, I'm going to read this once or twice, and then I'll read the tribes because this is redundant. Okay, if you want to read it, I mean, you can read through it, but I'm not going to spend the whole time because. I've read this so many times, and I know what each one brings, okay? 
this is done for each tribe, okay? So first, we're going to do Judah tribe, okay? His offering was one silver plate weighing 130 shackles and one silver sparkling, sparkling bowl weighing 70 shackles, both according to the sanctuary shekel each filled with fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold dish weighing 10 shekels filled with incense and one young bull, one ram, one male lamb, a year old, for a burnt offering, one male goat for a sin offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old to be sanctified as a fellowship offering. This was the offering of Nashon and Abnidab. Okay? Now, I'll read it one more time, and then that's going to be it, because I will just read the tribes after that. On the second day, okay, uh, the second day, son of Zur, the leader of Issachar, we're going by groups now. This is the second group. Brought his offering. The offering he brought was one silver plate weighing 130 shekels, one silver speckling bowl weighing 70 shekels, both according to the sanctuary shekel, each filled with fine flour mixed with oil as the grain offering. One gold dish weighing ten shackles, filled with incense. One young bull, one ram, and one male lamb a year old for a burnt offering. One male goat for a sin offering, and two oxen. Five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs a year old to be sacrificed as fellowship offerings. This was the offering of Nathaniel, son of Zur. Okay, that was the second day. Now, the third day was Elab, son of Helon, the leader of the people of Zebulun. Okay, they brought the same offering on the, on the third day. On the fourth day, Eliza, son of Sidur, the leader of the people of Reuben, they brought the same offering. Okay, on the fifth day, Shemal, son of Zub, uh, Sir Ishida, Sir the leader of the people of Simeon, brought his offering. Okay, each tribe is going to bring the same offering, all right? But they're going to bring it day after day. On the sixth day, Elisphat, son of Duel, the leader of the people of Glad, brought his offering. On the seventh day, Elishama, son of Amuhud, the leader of the people of Ephraim, brought his offering. Okay. On the eighth day, Gamal, son of Pedazur, the leader of the people of Messina, brought his offering. On the ninth day, Amidan, son of Gideon, the leader of the people of Benjamin, brought his offering. On the tenth day, Ahazah, uh, son of Amish, uh, Amishadai, 
the leader of the people of Dan brought his offering. And on the eleventh day, Pagel, son of Akron, the leader of the people of Asher, brought his offering. And on the twelfth day, Ahara, son of Ena, the leader of the people of Napatili, brought his offering. Okay, now you see why I didn't read all of that, because there's 12 tribes, and I would have to read that 12 times. <laughs> okay, now let's move on to uh, verse 84. These were the offerings of the Israelite readers for the dedication of the altar. When it was anointed, 12 silver plates, 12 silver speckling bowls, and each speckling bowl uh, 70 shekels, although the silver dishes weighed uh, 2,400 shekels, according to the sanctuary shekel. The 12, uh, the 12 gold dishes filled with incense weighed 10 shekels each. According to the sanctuary shekel, Although the gold dishes weighed 120 shekels, the total number of animals for the burnt offering uh, came to 12 young bulls, 12 rams, 12 male lambs a year old together with their grain offerings. Um... Twelve male goats were used for the sin offerings, and the total number of animals for the sacrifice of fellowship offerings came to 24 oxen, 60 rams, 60 male goats, and uh, 60 male lambs a year old. These were the offerings for the dedication of the altar after it was anointed. When Moses entered the tent meeting to speak with the Lord, he heard the voice speaking to him from between the two cherubims above the atonement cover on the ark of the testimony, and he spanked with him. Okay. Now, I just want you to notice what it says here. It says, when Moses entered the tent of meetings, he spoke with the Lord, and he heard the voice speak to him from between the two cherubims above the atonement cover on the Ark of Testimony, and he spoke with him. Now, we know that the Lord is humongous. The Lord's foot is on the earth, so you wonder how could he speak, how could he be in that place and be above us with his feet on top of the earth? Very simply by channeling, okay? Um, I myself have um, uh, heard the voice. Um... And you have to remember, it is within us now, because the Holy Spirit left it behind for us. Um, 
so that we'll be able to hear clearly. Um, at this time, they weren't, as we say, born again. So what he heard was the channeling of the Lord talking to him. Um, just like the Lord is in the wind, the Lord is in the rain and the snow. Okay, so that was not a that was not a feat. That was just how it was. Powerful, way powerful. There's no way that he could mistake in anything that the Lord was saying to him. He didn't have to uh, be still and listen. No, he got specific instructions dead on. There was no mistaking about anything. Okay. Hmm. I should tell you something about the men today and the men back then. Hmm. Okay. Think about that. The Lord is speaking to him directly. Not coming through you. Uh, we have the spirit in us and we hear, but many times man can't hear because man is too busy doing X, Y, and Z. He didn't have to worry about any of that. The Lord was speaking to him straight on. Now you see what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Chapter eight. The Lord said to Moses, speak to Aaron and say to him, when you set up the seven lamps, they are to light the area in front of the lampstand. Aaron did so. So he set up the lamps so that they faced towards, so that they faced forward on the lampstand, just as the Lord commanded Moses. This is how the lampstand was made. It was made of hammered gold from its base to its to its blossoms the lampstand was made exactly like the pattern the lord had shown moses now remember everything on earth is as it is in heaven do you think the lampstands are in heaven you bet they are why do you think he told them to make them that way hmm he had no idea, but now knowing what we know today, yes, <laughs> it was a patent. Okay, verse 5, the Lord said to Moses, take the Levites from among the other Israelites and make them ceremonially clean. The pure, uh, to purify them, do this. Sprinkle the water of cleansing on them. Then have them shave their whole bodies and wash their clothes and so purify themselves. Have them take a young bull with its grain offering of fine, fine flour and mix with oil. Then you are to take a second young bull for a sin offering and bring the Levite to the front of the tent of meetings and assemble the whole Israelite community. You are to bring the Levite before the Lord and the Israelites are to lay their hands on them. Aaron is to present the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering for the 
uh, Israelites so that they may be ready to do the work of the Lord. After the Levites laid their hands on the head of the bull, used the one for a sin offering to the Lord and the other for a burnt offering to make atonement for the Levites. Have the Levites stand in front of Aaron and his sons and then present them as a wave offering to the Lord. And this way you are to set the Levites apart from other Israelites and the Levites will be mine. After you have purified the Levites and presented them as a wave offering, they are to come to do their work at the tent of meetings. They are the Israelites who are to be given wholly to me. I have taken them as my own in place of the firstborn, the first male offerings for every Levite woman. Every firstborn male in Israel, whether male or animal, is mine. When I struck down all the firstborn in Egypt, I set them apart for myself, and I have taken the Levites in the place of all the firstborn in Israel. Of all the Israelites, I have given the Levites as gifts to Aaron and his sons to do the work at the tent of meetings on behalf of the Israelites and to make atonement for them so that no plague will strike the Israelites when they go near the sanctuary. Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community did what the Levites, just as the Lord commanded Moses. The Levites purified themselves and washed their clothes. And then Aaron presented them as a wave offering before the Lord and made atonement for them to purify them. After that, the Levites came to do their work at the tent of meetings under the supervision of Aaron and his sons. They did with the Levites just as the Lord commanded Moses. The Lord said to Moses, this applies to the Levites. Men 25 years old or more shall come and take in the work of the tent of meetings. But at the age of 50, they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. They may assist their brothers in performing their duties at the tent of meetings, but they themselves must not do the work. This, then, is how you are to assign the responsibility of the Levites. Now, remember, these men had to be from the ages of 30 to 50. So that meant these were the strongest, virile men. Remember, they're carrying this heavy stuff. This isn't lightweight stuff. Not to mention that if they touch this wrong, if they touch anything they're not supposed to, they will die. Hold on a second. You do know I'm podcasting, so stop yelling. Just leave it there. I'll get it when I come in. Okay. Sorry about that, everyone. So these men are strong, viral men, okay? And they have to 
go by everything the Lord says, and they cannot touch anything that they're not supposed to touch. As we've read earlier, if they do anything that is not right, they will die. They even look at something that they're not supposed to look at. They will die. Okay? Now, after 50 years of old, they're, they're starting to get older and they're not as resilient. Okay? Mind-wise or body-wise. So it's time for them to rest. But at the same time, they because they are part of the Levite family, they still can do like duties, okay? Now, remember I told you anyone 29 years or younger wasn't called in. Why? Because they're not mature enough. They're not mature enough uh, in uh, mentally nor physically, okay? All right, let's move on to uh, chapter 9, Okay? Uh, we're going to talk about the Passover. Now, uh, Passover is coming up very soon, next month. And this is one of the holy days. The Lord tells us that we must remember and we must participate in. It's very important. It's called Pesach. Okay? And we're going to get into that um Tomorrow, I'm going to set aside a little time uh, for Pesach. I'm going to do a little at a time because um, this way you will know what to do come next month for many of you who don't know. Okay. All right, let's, let's get started. The Lord spoke to Moses in the desert of Sinai in the first month of the second year. Uh, after they came out of Egypt, he said, have the Israelites celebrate the Passover at the anointed time, celebrate it at the appointed time, at twilight on the 14th day of this month, in accordance with all its rules and regulations. So Moses told the Israelites to celebrate the Passover, and they did so in the desert of Sinai at the twilight on the 14th day of the first month. Notice he said twilight. Mm, yes, twilight. Remember that when you celebrate Passover. The Israelites did everything just as the Lord commanded Moses, but some of them could not celebrate Passover on that day because they were ceremonially unclean on account of dead body. So they came to Moses and Aaron the same day and said to Moses, we have become unclean because of dead body, but why But why should we be kept from presenting the Lord's offering with the other Israelites at the appointed time? Moses answered them, wait until I find out what the Lord commands concerning you. So you see, even any situations like these, Moses was very, um, very sharp. He had to be about um, checking with the Lord to make sure um, that they didn't error. Because again, it could be death. Nobody wanted to die at the hands of the Lord. Okay, then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites, 
when any of you and your descendants are unclean because of a dead body or any uh, or away on a journey, they may still celebrate the Lord's Passover. They are to celebrate it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. Okay? They are to eat the lamb together with the unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Uh, they must not leave any of it till morning or break any of its bones. When they celebrate the Passover, they must follow all the regulations. But if a man who is ceremonially clean and not on a journey fails to celebrate the Passover, that person must be cut off from his people because he did not present the Lord's offering at the appointed time. That man will bear the consequences of his sin. An alien living among you who wants to celebrate the Lord's Passover must do so in accordance with the rules and regulations. You must have the same regulations for the alien and the native born. Okay? All right, let's move on. On the day the tabernacle, the tent of testimony was set up, the cloud covered it. From evening to morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night it looked... At night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelite encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in the camp. When the clouds remained over the tabernacle a long time. The Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at his command, they would set out. Sometimes the cloud stayed only for evening till morning, and when it lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. At the Lord's command, they encamped. And at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with his command through Moses. You see? <laughs> there was no playing around. <laughs> they were listening to and watching everything. Okay. Uh, let's move on to chapter 10. The Lord said to Moses, make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them to call the community together and for having the camp set out. When both 
are sounded, the whole community is to assemble before you at the entrance of the meet at the entrance of the tent of meeting. If only one is sounded, the leaders, the heads of the clan of Israel are to assemble before you. When a trumpet blast is sounded, the tribe the tribe's camp on the east are to set out on the east. So that is Judah, Zebulun, and is is Issachar. Okay, those are the, I said they were the ones that let out. At the sound of the second blast, the camp on the south are to set out. Okay. The camp on the south was uh, <laughs> not Napatilia. I was getting ready to say Napatilia. Okay. The camp on the south was Simeon uh, uh, and Reuben. Okay. At the sounding of the second blast, the camp on the south was set out. Okay. The blast will be the signal for the setting out. To gather the assembly, blow the horns, but blow the trumpets, but not with the same signal. The sons of Aaron, the priest, are to blow the trumpets. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you and the generations to come. When you go into battle, now listen very carefully to this. When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who is oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord your God and rescued from your, from your enemies. Also, at your time of rejoicing, your appointed feast and new moon festivals. You are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, and they will be a memorial for you before God. I am your God. Mm. So you see what I was saying about how people knew they were there. Not just the clouds and the Judah tribe coming up with sound. Because Judah tribe was praise and worship tribe. Okay. But now the Lord has them using the trumpets. And when the trumpets sound, trumpets were for many different things, as you could see. There were certain sounds for war. There were certain sounds for them to get up and and get into formation to leave. There were sounds for them to, uh, over the burnt offerings, the sacrificial offerings during the sacred holidays, okay? During the Sabbaths. All right. Um, uh, the period of complaint. Okay, on the twelfth day of the seventh month of the second year, the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle of the testimony. 
And then the Israelites set out from the desert of Sinai and traveled from place to place until the cloud came to rest in the desert of Paran. Okay. Uh, they set out this first time at the Lord's commandment through, Mo- through Moses. The division of the camp, Judah went first under their standard. Then Nashon, son of Abadab, was in command. Nabatil, son of Zura, was over the division of the tribe of Issachar. They came second. And Elab, son of Helon, was over the division of the tribe of Zubalim. Then the tabernacle was taken down, and the Gershonites and the Mirites who carried it set out. Now, mind you, these guys had already gotten up and, and was going. But remember how many people was going before uh, before the tabernacle. Why they're going, they're taking the tabernacle down. That So they had to get up and go first. You're talking uh, roughly 422,300 men. Women and children weren't counted. So, you know, you don't know how many men, women, uh, how many children and women was in that crowd. Okay. So it took a while for them to get up and leave which was the time that they needed to get the tabernacle stuff put together to move out. And then they would get up. (laughs) Wow, that's some procession, right? Okay, um, the division of the camp of Reuben went next under their standard. Elazarson of Shadir was in command. And... Shilumia, son of Zushadi, uh, Zurashadi, sorry, was was over the division of the tribe of Simeon. And Elisphar, son of Duel, was over the division of the tribe of Glad. And then the Korites set out carrying the holy things. The tabernacle was to be set up before they arrived. The division of the camp of Ephraim went next under their standard, Elishma, a son of Amihud, and in command. Gamel, son of Padazer, was over the division of the tribe of Mezna. And Abedan, son of Gideoni, was over the division of the tribe of Benjamin. And finally, as the rear guard for all the units, the division of the camp of Dan set out under their stand. Notice they said rear guard. They're not kidding. Rear guard. Under the, the, the division of Ahazar, son of Amishadi, Amishadi, yeah, was in command. And Pagel, son of Akron, was over the division of the tribe of Asher. And Ahir, son of Enoch, was over the division of the tribe of Naphtil. This was the order of march for the Israelite division as they set out. Now, Moses said to Hirop, son of Ruel, the Mennonite, Moses' father-in-law, 
we are setting out for the place about which the Lord said, I will give it, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well for the Lord has promised good things to Israel. And he answered, no, I will not go. I am going back to my own land and my own people. But Moses said, please do not leave us. You know, we were, uh, you know where we should camp in the desert and you can be our eyes. If you come with us, we will share with you whatever good things the Lord gives us. So they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them during those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day, and when they set out from the camp, whenever the ark set out, Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, may your enemies be scattered, may your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, Return, O Lord, to the countless thousands of Israel. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger arose. Then fire from the Lord burnt among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. When the people cried out to Moses, he prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down so that so the place was called Tabatharah, because the fire from the Lord had burnt among them. Ugh. The <laughs> see yeah. there's no playing with the Lord. You want to murmur in the Lord's presence? He's going to show you, okay? People don't understand today. This is why those of us who are the children of the Lord, we tread very lightly. There's no playing around. You're in or you're out. The rabble with them began to crave other foods and again the Israelites started wailing and said if only we had meat to eat we remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost also the cucumber the melons the leeks the onions and the garlic but now we have lost our appetite we never see anything but this manna the manna was like a coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then grounded it into hard mill or crushed it in a mortar. And they cooked it in a pot or made it into cakes. And it tasted like something made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. Moses heard the people of every family wailing, each at the entrance of his tent. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked, he asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? 
What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their forefathers? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing to me. Hmm. Give me meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. It is, uh, if this is how you are going to treat me, put me to death right now. If I have found favor in your eyes and do not let my face, <clears throat> my own ruin. The Lord said to Moses, bring me. Seventy of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meetings that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take the spirit that is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you carry the burden of the people so that you will not have to carry it alone. Tell the people, consecrate yourself in preparation for tomorrow when you will eat me. The Lord heard you when you wail. If only we had meat to eat. <clears throat> we were better off in Egypt. Now the Lord will give you meat and you will eat it. And you will not eat it for just one day or two days or five or ten or twenty days, but for a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and you loathe it because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wailed before him saying, why did we ever leave Egypt? But Moses said, here I am among 600,000 men on foot. And you say, I will give them meat to eat for a whole month. Would they have enough if flocks and herds were slaughtered for them? Would they have enough if all the fish in the sea were caught for them? <laughs> all right, we're going to pause here for a moment <laughs> and we'll be back. Okay, everyone, thank you for holding on. We had to go to commercial. Okay, um, we're back now. We're at verse 23. Now let's see what the Lord's reaction is to what Moses is saying. The Lord asked Moses, answered Moses, the Lord's arm, the Lord's arm too short? You will now see whether or not what I say will come true for you. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. And he brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he took of the spirit that was on him and put the spirit on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Spirit fell on them. Now, you know, 
That must have been something to see. Okay. Um, however, two men whose names were El- Eladad and Medad had remained in the camp, and they were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Josiah, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people would profit, were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Now a wind went out from the Lord and drove quail. Now, mind you, the Lord is above in the cloud, resting above them, right? Okay. A wind went out from the Lord and drove quail in from the sea that brought them down all around the camp to about three feet above the ground as far as a day's walk in any direction. Can you imagine all that day and night and all the next day, the people were out and gathering quail. No one gathered less than 10 hummers. Then they spread them out all around the camp. That must, you know, <laughs> we talk about quail that was dying, stink, okay? But while the meat was still between their teeth, and before it could be consumed, the anger of the Lord burned against the people, and he struck them with a severe plague. Mm. Therefore, the place was named Kiborth. Hatava, because there they buried the people who had craved other food. Mm. The the Kilbath Hatava, the people traveled to Hazaroth and stayed there. Wow. Lord killed them before they could put it in their mouths. That's how mad he was with them. So they didn't know before what they were up against. You are my people. You're going to do as I say. (laughs) Then, hey. Now, we're not talking about man. Though man likes to say that to you. But man has no authority over you. Only the Lord our God has that kind of power. Not only can the Lord kill the body, but the Lord can take the soul as well. Man cannot do that. Not even the adversary is allowed to do that unless you give your soul to him. Remember that. Okay? If a soul is taken, it's not given willingly, then it's a sin and there's a punishment upon it. And the adversary knows this. Okay, so let's go. We have uh, chapter 12. 
Give me a second here. Okay, we're going to read chapter 12. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his, because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. <coughs> now remember, Cushites were the southern part of... Uh, Africa, which is like teetering towards the Arabian uh, borderlines, uh, the Arab nations, okay? Um, and the uh, kind of the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Ethiopian. Uh, you're, you're right down in that vicinity, okay? Have the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked. Has he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now, Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Remember, Moses asked the Lord to bring his brother Aaron to speak for him. So that tells you Aaron was very a very outspoken person. You know, he was, but Moses wasn't. Moses was humble. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out of the tent of meetings, all three of you. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar and cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tents and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When both of them stepped towards, he said, Listen to my words. When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. Amen to that. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face. Come on now. Clearly and not in riddles. You hear that? He speaks to Moses face to face. Clearly, not in riddles. This is what I was telling you. When the Lord spoke, he spoke and they knew it. He said, he sees the form of the Lord. Why then? Were you not afraid to speak against my servant, Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them, and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, there stood Miriam, leprous like snow. Aaron turned towards her and saw that she had leprosy. And he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, do not hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. So Moses cried out to the Lord, O oh God, please heal her. The Lord replied to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, 
would she not have been in disgrace for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days. And the people did not move on till she was brought back. After that, the people left Herzroth and encamped in the desert of Paran. Wow. 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 That was a lesson to them. Okay. Even though you in the priesthood and I've set you aside, you're not going to talk about my anointed man. Hmm. Shatarai. Shanda. Ha, hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go to chapter 13. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land in Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. For each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So the Lord commanded Moses, send them out from the desert of Paran. And of them were the leaders of Israelites. These are their names. From the tribe of Reuben was Shamir, son of Zakur. From the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, son of Jephunneh. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph. From the tribe of Ephraim, Horsha, son of Nun, from the tribe of Benjamin, Plati, son of Rufa, from the tribe of Zubalim, Gadel, son of Zadi, from the tribe of Messina, the tribe of Joseph, which is Gadi, son of Susi, from the tribe of Dan, Amel, son of Germali, from the tribe of Asher, Susur, son of Michael, from the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of uh, Vos, Vos, Vovisi, from the tribe of Glad, Giul, son of Maki. These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Horsha, son of Nun, and uh, the name Joshua. Ah. So his name originally was Horsha. Hold up. Yeah, he was from Ephraim, Horsha. Ephraim and Judah, remember that. They were the two. Okay, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country and see what the land is like. And whatever the people who live there are strong or weak, uh, few or many, what kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? And what kind of town do they live in? 
Are they unwalled or fortified? And how is the soil? Uh, is it fertile or poor? Are there trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of sand far as he uh, far as Rehob. Towards Lebo, Hamath, they went up through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Aharam, Shisha, and Talmi, the descendants of the descendants of Anak, lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoran in Egypt. And when they reached the valley of Eskol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on the poles between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. Uh, that place was called the Valley of Eskol because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kedash and the desert of Paran. Uh, there they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went to the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalek lived in the Negev, the Hivites, the Jezebites, the Amorites lived in the hill country, the Canaanites lived near the sea and along the Jordan. Now, I'm going to stop here. These people that they're talking about, the Archonites, they're giants, okay? Remember during the time of the flood, the Lord flooded the earth because man, uh, the uh, fallen angels had infiltrated the, uh, they had infiltrated the, uh, the uh, women of men. They had taken their women and had children by them, okay? And um, some of them actually survived the flood. And that's an interesting story. Um, we're going to go into that, too. I'm just looking up a couple of things about that, but that will be a special uh, series that I'm going to touch on. But just to get back to this, um, they were descendants of them. So this is what they were talking about. <clears throat> so they were still in existence, and these guys were like, hey, you know, you got some pretty big, mighty men there. Though, got to remember, you find giants, you yourselves have to be pretty mighty, okay? You're going to be mighty. You've got the Lord God Almighty with you. So what do you think? But 
Let's hear what they have to say now. Then Caleb silenced the people for Moses and said, because, of course, that stirred the people up. That got the, oh, no, uh-uh. Okay, so, <laughs> no, we're not going to go out there. Uh-uh, giants. So, now, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Of course, we got God on our side. Why can't we go up there and do it? But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. Really? And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land was, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people who saw all the people we saw there are of great size, see, giants. We saw the Nepotilium there, see, the descendants of Anar come from the Niplum. We seemed like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we looked the same to them. That night... All the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. See, you know, it's one thing to complain, but to keep complaining about something that has happened and you've been delivered from. You don't keep going backwards. The Lord tells you, don't keep looking back. Look forward, okay? You've been delivered from that. You don't need to keep going back to that. Keep reliving that. Keep talking about that. Let it go. It's done. It's finished. You've been delivered, <laughs> okay? Uh, people do that today. They get delivered from something, and then they keep going back, bringing it up. It's like you're trying to bring it back again. Let it go. Okay, if only we had died in Egypt or in the desert, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? See, they still living in the past. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelites assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord. You see, these two young men got full on sense. They know. They're telling them. We're with the Lord. We came out of Egypt. We single-handedly saw the Lord move 
the waters. What waters moves and stands up feet high so that you can go through it? Did you forget that? Okay. <laughs> These men obviously did not. Okay. All right. If the Lord is pleased with us, they said. Do you think the Lord is pleased with them right now? Hmm. I don't think so. Not talking like that. Not acting like they don't remember what happened. And wanting to go back to Egypt to be enslaved again. Or those people will probably kill them after losing their children and their husbands too. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Um, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Okay. Um, now. He's telling them uh, it has milk and honey and we will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, which they were doing. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Their protection is gone. You see that? But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Now you're going to turn on these guys. Then the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meetings to all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, oh boy, how long will these people treat me with contempt? And how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the miraculous signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. Mm, mm, mm. In other words, he's going to take Moses and he's going to make a nation out of him and leave the rest of them. <laughs> Woo! Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. By your power, you brought these people up from among them and they will tell the inhabitants of the land about it. And they have already heard that you, O Lord are with these people and that you, O Lord, have been seen face to face, that your cloud stays over them. So everybody in the area knew this was this wasn't, you know, uh, a random thing. Everybody in the area knew these people. They knew who they were. They knew their God and they knew to fear their God. <laughs> okay, let's move on. And that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Who's going to miss that? I don't, I don't care where you are. You're going to see that. If you put these people to death all at one time, the nations who have heard this, this report about you will say, the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land he promised them. On oath, so he slaughtered them in the desert. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished, he punishes the children of sin 
are the fathers of the third and fourth generation. In accordance with your great love, forgiveness, the sin of these people, just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. The Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live, and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, mm, they're in trouble. He says, as surely as I live, the Lord lives forever and ever. <laughs> Woo! The Lord lives forever and ever. And he says, surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth. Does the sun shine every day or mostly every day? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not only of men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Khalid has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land. He went to, he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. Since Amalek and Canaanites are living in the valley, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route of the Red Sea. Wow. Wow. Then, now mind you, he said Khalif, right? Who did we say Khalif was? Let's go back a little bit. Okay, Caleb is Judah. Okay, and Joshua was uh, Joshua was known as Hora, Hoshra, Hoshra, and he was Infra. Okay. Now, what did the Lord just say about Caleb? Let's read again. He says, But because my servant Khalid has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land. I will bring him into the land he went to. And his descendants will inherit it. Hello. So who, what is he, what is he inheriting? The land of milk and honey. The Canaanite land. Hello, Judah tribe. Do you hear that? Okay. There it is. That's where you're supposed to be. All right. <clears throat> Since the Amaleks and the Canaanites are living in the valley, turn back tomorrow and set out towards the desert along the route to Red Sea. Because you're not going to cross. See? You're not going to cross there because of what you did. 
The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked community grumble against me? I have heard the complaints of these grumbling Israelites. So tell them, as assuredly as I live, Lord lives forever, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very thing I heard you say. In this desert, your bodies will fall, every one of you, 20 years old or more. Wow. Who was counted in the census and who have grumbled against me? Not one of you will enter the land I swore and uplift hand to make your home, except Caleb, son of Jubinah, and Joshua, son of Nun. See? As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them to, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But you, your bodies will fall in the desert. Your children will be shepherds here for 40 years, suffering for your unfaithfulness until the last of your bodies lies in the desert. For 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored the land. Mm. You will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. Hey, all right, people, you hearing this. You don't want the Lord against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community, which has band together against me. Mm. They will meet their end in the desert. Here they will die. So the men Moses had sent to explore the land, who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it. These men, responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Good. Goo. My goodness. Of the Lord, of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nan, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. When Moses reported this to all the Israelites, they moaned bitterly. Early the next morning, they went up towards the high hill country. We have sinned, they said. We will go up to the place the Lord promised. But Moses said, why are you disobeying the Lord's command? This will not succeed. Do not go up because the Lord is not with you. You will be defeated by your enemies. For the Amorites and the Canaanites will face you there because you have turned away from the Lord. And he will not be with you and you will fall by the sword. Nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up. They are hard-headed people. Hard-headed, stiff-necked people. Come on. We got people like that today. No matter what you say, I'm going to do it anyway. I know better. 
If I pray to the Lord, I'll be okay. He's with me. Even though you've been warned, you've been told, um, you better check it first. With You better check that with the Lord first before you do that. Because, you know, just to be on the safe side, because it's not sounding right. But you don't want to hear it from nobody else. No, you're going to do it anyway. Here you go. Nevertheless, in their presumption, they went up towards the high hill country. Though neither Moses nor the ark of the Lord covenant moved from the camp. Then Amalek and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and attacked them and beat them down all the way to Hamas. <laughs> oh, okay, everyone. This was pretty long today, but I really wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to make a point. You don't play with God. When you're told to do something or you're not sure about something, you better check it first. Don't go stepping out there without knowing. This is all I said. Pray and fast. Don't forget to fast every now and then. You don't have to fast every day. It's not necessary to fast every day or every week. No, the Lord doesn't require that of you. But there are times when fasting is necessary, okay? <laughs> so, if you're not getting an answer to a question, then you fast, okay? Because you're stripping everything out the way so you can hear clearly. So you can receive what he's saying clearly. But other than that, no. Okay? Guys, be mindful. The Lord is not one to play with. Okay? All right, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. Uh, for those of you who like to reach out to us and um, have something to say or you like to uh, add something, you can reach us at... Anchor.fm right slash Linda McMillan dash McMillan nine, or you can reach me at my email, which is McMillian 75 at gmail.com. Or you can also reach me at my Facebook page, Linda McMillan, throw me a line and I will pick up on it. Okay. All right, everyone. This is Minister McMillan. You have a blessed evening and good night.